0: Peace and rest for the soul is something that many people in the world have really little understanding of. Such is the way in which Satan has blinded the minds of so many people that they don't even realize that they ought to be disturbed in their soul because they have no peace with God and that they face a day of judgment where they have no hope. And many people go through their lives oblivious to the fact that they ought to be stirred up in soul and be concerned about it. For the ungodly, you see, it is a real blessing when by the working of the Spirit of God, the soul is disturbed and becomes uneasy. What a blessing to the sinner when they realize that they have no real rest in soul, and that that is something that needs corrected, something needs to be done to overcome that disturbed heart. It is only by the working of God that that can be brought about. And it is by the working that people will call upon the name of the Lord and seek that His will be done. And for those of us who have been disturbed in our hearts, and know that our sin separated us from Christ, Uh, what a joy it is to know that we have peace and rest in Him. But your difficulty as a believer and mine is this, that Satan continues to seek to disturb us in our souls. He is our enemy, and he is out to bring us to be disturbed at every possible way. He wants to affect us in such a way that we feel as though we are not at peace when we should have peace with God. So often the soul is disturbed, even for us, our own hearts, by the wicked people around us, those who mock or criticize, those who want to pull us down, those who make a, a laughingstock of our faith. They're telling us, you see, that what we believe is worthless. They want us to to think that somehow our God is not real. And they want to plant all the seeds of doubt that may disturb our hearts. And when we allow ourselves to be hampered by such sinful thoughts and activities, we can be disturbed. Our peace with God comes and is disturbed. That's why we see that we need to address all of those issues. And perhaps we need the words of the psalmist in Psalm 116 from verse 7, where he says, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And here is something that we all need again and again. The psalmist focuses our thoughts. We should return to God and find rest for our souls in Him because He has dealt so bountifully with us. And that may be the text that we take out of this whole psalm as we want to open up this portion of God's Word and consider it today today. But the theme is rest in God's goodness. And as the psalmist says, Be at rest once more, O my soul. He is really saying and understands that there has been a time when he's been disturbed. Even if he had rest before, something has unsettled him. And so he needs to return to that place of rest. And he comes to the source of his rest. And it is in the Lord. And why in God? Because God has been so gracious to him. And how is he going to, what is the outcome or the result of that? Well, we will find that at the end of the psalm where we know and see the result of the rest. He will pay his vows. He will be a servant of God. And So first of all, I want us to take time to think about the need for rest. The need of rest for the soul. The psalmist speaks about being at rest again. Something has disturbed him. Something has occurred that unsteadied his rest, his peace with God. And we can see this in the previous verses because there he speaks, as we read, of the the pains of death surrounding him the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me, I found trouble and sorrow. So here is a man who is troubled because death itself has surrounded him. Not perhaps that anyone near him has maybe died. That could have been the case. That can disturb our souls. But that something grasped hold of him and even took him towards death. It may have been some physical malaise, some illness and it unsteadied his faith the very cords of death. But perhaps even more than that it was some sinful thing that had been brought to his attention. And he recognizes that sin is the very cord of death. For we remember that sin is, brings death. Sin is the the very thing that brought death into the garden of Eden. And so he has been unsettled. He has been aware of the pains and cords of death entangling him. The very grave right there. And that has burdened him. That has troubled him. And unsettled his peace with God. And so, what did he need? He needed to return to his rest. He needed renewed rest. If we think of applying this to our Savior himself, and remember Jesus used these words, as the man, the God-man, the Son of Man on earth, surely there were times when he was disturbed, not in the way we might be disturbed, But surely as the cords of death took hold of him, as he faced the prospect of going to the cross, surely there was some sense in which as a man he was in anguish and sorrow. He wept tears there in the garden of Gethsemane as he prayed that the cup might be taken from him. if it may may be possible. And yet, always not his will. Not my will, he cried, but the will of the Father be done. And surely his soul was in anguish as the cords of death took hold of him there at that point. Death that came as a result of sin. Not his sin, but your sin. And mine. And Jesus Christ could sing these words and think of these words applying to himself. For he knew the very grave was coming, yet the Lord was gracious. He needed rest. I wonder what your experience has been. Has there been something to distress your soul? David describes it here in verse 8. O Lord, you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And that's how he saw the thing that disturbed him. He was stumbling. There were tears. It might have been some death in the family. It may have been some other issue. It may have been a stumbling into a sinful activity. Is that your experience? that you have just been disturbed before God when He has awakened you to see that you have sinned. Well let me put it like this if you have sinned and you're not disturbed, you're in a very bad place. If you have sinned and don't have problem, then it's time you wakened up. And I would pray that the Holy Spirit will give you no peace of soul until you realise your great need. To turn to Him. And so, when these things do come to mind, they're there for a reason. And the reason the Psalmist is giving us there's a need to turn back to the Lord, our Saviour. And so, the need of rest is, may be sparked off by a stumbling heart, a sinful heart. It may even be in the midst of some malaise, some. Difficulty. Perhaps it is even a mind where we just can't think right. We get downcast and downhearted and disturbed in our minds. And we know we're not right with God either. And that stumbles us. It pulls us down. The need is there to return to the source of rest. And so we want to secondly look at the source of real rest. The psalmist is able to say to his soul, be at rest, or return to the rest. And the second half of the text gives us the great reason. Why? Because the Lord has been so good. The Lord has given you so much. He has dealt bountifully with you. And that's the source of our rest. We come to the living and the true God. Because he is God and because of what he has done. And as we think about the source of rest, as we think about God as the one in whom we can and will have peace, we discover in this psalm how that Lord has given rest to this his servant. And we want to think about the, what the psalm says here, about how he knew God fully help And how that was a peace to him. Because God was the true source of his comfort. First of all, we just note that the Lord heard his cry. That's how the psalm opens, isn't it? In verse 1. I love the Lord. Why? Because he has heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. And that should give you a real peace to the soul. To know that your God hears your cry. Verse 2 tells us that he turned his ear to me. And his response to that is, I will continue to call upon God because he one that listens. He opens his ear and listens. What a contrast so often to what happens in our world. People go to someone in authority, they make their petition, they cry out for something to be done about some matter, and nothing happens. They come away disappointed time and time again. No one is listening. And at times we can petition our government, we can make representation about things that we know are good and that ought to be done. Nothing happens. We're frustrated because the person isn't listening. Sometimes parents might speak to their children the children don't listen. It's frustrating. You have not listened. On the other hand, sometimes parents don't listen to their children either. and The children can be frustrated. That's our sinful human feeling. But friends, our Father in Heaven Has heard your cry. He hears more than that. The Lord acts and has done something about it. The petition that you bring to Him isn't empty or will not go unnoticed. I love the Lord, the psalmist says, because He, for He heard my voice, He heard my cry. It wasn't just a matter of words going into his ears, as it were. He had actually done something about it. He had acted for the psalmist. And when you cry out to God, if you are yet in your sin today, if you're without Christ, when you cry out, he will hear your cry. If you're serious, if you really want to be at peace with God, when you cry to him, he hears. And he has sent Jesus Christ to satisfy. This is the source of the rest of the soul. When we as believers come again to God and cry, Lord, I know I've failed you hundreds of times in the same way, and I'm a miserable sinner. Forgive me. He hears our cry. Think of the rest of the soul of Jesus Think of him there facing the cross. He cried out, Father, if you are willing, if it's possible, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And the Father heard. And the Father did do his will. Christ did suffer on the cross. But he also rose victorious over sin and the grave. And death. And so his cry was heard. But he still had to go through it. And sometimes we cry, Lord, remove this problem. Take away this consequence of my fault. God hears. But he will give you the strength to deal with it. He may not remove it the way you want. But he certainly will give you the strength to do his will. He hears. What a consolation for us. Secondly, the Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He is a God who is gracious. Compassionate, long suffering. And you see, whenever we speak about compassion, it's not an inactive. The Lord looks down in true compassion and is moved and is willing to act on man's behalf. It was out of the depths of the love of God that he saw man and his sin. And what did he do? He devised that, that Jesus Christ, his own Son, might come and bear sin. And so, in John 3.16, we learn that for God so loved the world, we could say such was his compassion, the boils of his feeling for you, that he sent his Son to die on the cross. That's what he does. A person who has true compassion for someone else doesn't just stand there and look on. We think of the parable that Jesus told of the Good Samaritan. And the other two passed by. Did they have any compassion? None whatsoever. They looked at the man who had been beaten up and was lying there in a heap. And they passed by on the other side. They looked at him and they went on. There was no movement of spirit, no compassion. But the Samaritan was good because he had compassion. And that compassion moved him to act. And compassion that is real will always act. He's able to say to you and me in verse 5, The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. And so when you come to Him, you will find rest for your souls. The God-man, Jesus Christ Christ, Again and again showed his compassion. We only have to read the miraculous works of Christ as our Lord. And they are full of compassionate dealings. He heals the sick. Gives sight to the blind. And hearing to the deaf. And even raises the dead. It's compassion. And he has that same compassion for you. That's the source where we will find rest for our souls. Because he's, God sent His Son, a compassionate Son for us. Third part of that is that He, the Lord delivers from death. We see that there also. The, for you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from death. That's verse 8 and it, it reminds us that here is a God who works for his people. What a wonderful thing to be delivered from death. That in the midst of souls anguish when all the clouds and sin is drawing us into the grave and towards death. The Lord Almighty comes and he cuts those cords by the power of Jesus Christ. Sin is removed. And while this physical body will fall to the grave and be and die, the soul does not die. That's the, the great joy for those of us who are in Christ, whose loved ones pass away from this world. They don't die. Fall asleep in Jesus. And once they, one moment they're in this world, And in the next they're in with the glory with their God and with the Lord because the cords of death have been cut. He delivers from death. And when we are faced with death as we are in this world, so often what happens? We get downhearted and downcast and the world would say, that's the end, that's it. Or they make some other stupid statement Which is totally based on utter nonsense. But here's the soul's rest. The Lord delivers from death. And we are at peace with God in our souls. And while we face that enemy in this flesh, we will live forever in him. But, friends, if you're still in your sin, you're still entangled in those cords. You're still going on the road to death. It can only come through Jesus Christ. And that's the question that has to confront each and every one of us. Am I trusting Christ? Has he cut the cords of death for me? Can I find peace and rest for my soul because of him? There are those today who of course will seek the soul's rest in some other source. There are some who think that the outworkings of the religious activity and practice, attendance even at religious service, the saying of prayers and doing things in a certain way, they say we will find rest that way. Well, friends, if you think like that, you will not have peace nor rest for your soul. Because no matter about all the outward trappings of religion and all that you may do for yourself, It can never bring rest to the soul. The source has to be in Jesus Christ and in Him alone. Only He is the peace and rest of soul. And if you're depending upon your works, upon your religious practice, upon your association with someone who is a godly person, whether that be a parent or a grandparent, forget it. Be disturbed in your soul until you make your own peace. God through Jesus Christ. And then, you will be able with the psalmist to go on to the result of this rest that we see towards the end of the psalm. And here is the psalmist's joy. He says, Be at rest once more, O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And what does he go on to say? Well, how am I going to why am I going to act now that I know I'm at peace? Well, we've already discovered some of that in the very opening words of the psalmist. He says, I love the Lord. I will respond in love to my God. I will delight in the Lord. I will show deep affection to God. And here's where we know that we are in the Lord. We love Him because He first loved us. And so often for us, isn't that the way we think love ought to work? We don't love someone or something until we find something coming back. We're loved first. Then we can respond. And surely that's what God has done for us. He has loved us he sent his son to die for us, to just cut the cords of death, and therefore our reaction, the result of our rest in God is an overwhelming love back. Those opening words, this psalm and others, I love the Lord with deep heartfelt meaning. If you have found rest for your soul, do you love? God, do you love him and bring glory to his name? The second thing was already mentioned in speaking to the children. The psalmist says, I will fulfill my vows. In other words, and in these closing verses, what's he doing? He's saying, look, God has done so much for me. I have peace with him. All I can do is honor him and do as I've said, I promise to live a life of consistent with my profession. I will walk in the ways of Jesus. I will be zealous for the cause of Christ. I will attend to the kingdom of God, to the meetings of the church to bring glory to him, to worship him, to join with his people, to praise and magnify his name. That's what he says. I will fulfill my vows. And friends, when you come into the membership of the church, you you made a vow. Your vow is that you will live a life consistent with your profession and that takes in the worship of God, the joining together to honor Him and every part of your life lived to the glory of God. Why? Because you have peace for your soul in Christ. And the result of that ought to be only when I'm doing His will, honoring and serving Him. And whether that's in my workplace, in the shop floor, in the office, or in the social gatherings I'm in, my whole life is for Christ because He has given me rest. And The result of that rest is I must do His will. Otherwise I'll be disturbed. Otherwise I won't have peace. Otherwise, those cords of death will begin to entangle me again and disturb me. And I don't want that. Of course, that ties in with what he says again. He says, I am the Lord's servant. He speaks about being the servant of God and honoring God. And it's covering every detail of these verses They're there, but he says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of his people in the courts of the house of the Lord. You see, he's among God's people. Faithfully serving God, honoring him. He is the servant of God. Are you showing a result of a soul that is at peace with God? The Lord Jesus Christ was at peace with his Father. He rested in the Father. He was confident in the Father. He went to the cross because of his peace with the Father. The result of his utter complete being with God was that he went through death for you and me. He was the obedient servant. He did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he became servant and if you have peace with God you too must be the servant of God to bring glory and honor and praise to his name here then in this psalm we've thought about the rest that we need in God's goodness, rest for the soul you your soul disturbed if you're still in your sin I pray the Holy Spirit will stir you up And give you no rest until you come to him who alone is peace for the soul. Him who loved you. Him who has heard and will hear your cry. And full of compassion and love. Has cut the very cords of death and will deliver you. And when you find that peace and rest. May the result be a love to God. A desire to do his will. And a heartfelt servant attitude to honor his name. And may we go out and declare to the world, Look, you do not have peace, but there can be peace through God. when you have peace with him, you don't need to fear death. But you can walk in the ways of the Lord.